0: Hey guys, what's up? Today we are here with Dr. Ben Kraft. Dr. Kraft has been a pretty big part of the friendship community over the past few years and lately has started joining us a little bit more often in the class environment doing CrossFit with us and also working on nutrition with Ellie and has really become a staple of our community. Today, we go into a little bit about why he became a chiropractor, what he sees in his practice as a chiropractor, and how they've really gone above and beyond to educate our local CrossFit community uh, with, you know, kind of some of the modern thinking about biomechanics and how we treat our bodies through modern strength and conditioning. And Dr. Kraft has really come in with our coach development team, and him and Jenny have paired up a lot with myself to really help guide and mentor and build the coaching staff at Friendship to take us to the next level and really be forward thinking about how we think about the body, how we think about injuries, how we scale, and all those different things uh, from multiple different approaches. And Dr. Kraft has been integral in that development, and I'm really excited for you guys to kind of hear this. And we also dive into a little bit of some of his personal battle with mental health and some of the the ways that he has found physical fitness and nutrition to really help him get through some tough times that he's had over the past few years. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Dr. Kraft's a great friend of us. And if you guys need a chiropractor, he is my go-to recommendation at Columbus Chiropractic and Rehabilitation Center. So if that is something that you guys are feeling like you need, uh, definitely go and check them out. They're awesome there. All right, guys. Today we are here with Doctor Ben Kraft. Doctor Kraft, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you work for and what you do for a living?
1: I'm a chiropractor here in Dublin. Um, I work with CCRC Columbus Chiropractic and Rehab Center. Um, we have four chiros in there. Um, we have kind of a unique uh, office as far as I think in Columbus we have there's four docs. I mean the vast majority of people that I treat are um, athletes, whether high school, college um, pro, um, CrossFit runners, Olympic weightlifters, that kind of thing. Um, and then as far as, I don't know, when I think of chiropractor, I typically think, you know, you kind of go in, they crack you head to toe and send you out. Um, we have a little different model. You know, we have a squat rack in there. We, everybody that comes in, we have them bend and move and squat and get a good idea of how they move. Um, then, you know, depending on what we find, we kind of, Allow that to direct the treatment. So, whether that's you know soft tissue stuff, whether muscle issues, or if it's core stability, and we have to go through some rehab or physical therapy type exercises, um, or just going to the squat rack and going through form and that kind of stuff.
0: So tell me, I know Dr. Alman, I know you, right? I haven't met the two new doctors and know them very much. What are their specialties, and um, how do you feel like they've fit into the team?
1: Yeah, so Dr. Alm started the practice, I think, two 2000- thousand. 11 um, I came in 2013 um, we brought in uh, dr. Sean Kane joined us in 2015 he he's not he doesn't do crossfit he's that's not his jam he's uh got a couple kids he does a lot of youth lacrosse stuff he's the team nice. doctor for the columbus machine so awesome. the, uh, columbus pro uh, lacrosse team so that's kind of his he goes after that now he actually sees a lot of um, medical referrals or referrals from other docs and then we brought on uh, Dr. Jordan Meyer in February, so a few months ago, and he's fresh out of school, and he's ambitious and eager, which is awesome. Um, he's started getting into CrossFit and, and learning his way around that, but um, he's he'll, you know, local competitions and stuff, you'll probably see him, because he wants to be at everybody, everywhere, and meet everyone and everything.
0: It seems like, and this is gonna be a random question, but it seems like a lot of chiropractors lean towards being male. Would you say that that's pretty accurate?
1: Yeah, and that's I think historically that's the profession, and they've always. And I remember in school they said you know that it's always been like that, but I feel like, yeah, it's it's majority male. I think in our class it was probably like a third of it was female, which they said was um, abnormally. Um, larger number of females in our class it
0: seems like maybe physical therapists are the opposite ratio two-thirds maybe female and one-third maybe male so maybe they lean more towards that end potentially i have no idea yeah Yeah, i was (laughs) gonna say you don't spend as much time around them um so you've been doing crossfit now for how long
1: yeah i started doing some crossfit kind of workouts in new york in 2010 or 11 yeah um when we kind of got going in that and then moved to columbus in 2013 to end of 2012 2013 and, and then started getting to it here too yeah but so over those last several years kind of just bounced around different gyms um that was kind of part of the job was you know talking to different crossfit gyms and getting to know all the coaches and so kind of bounce bounce around drop in and, and try to work out all over the place
0: yeah would you say you've probably been to most of the crossfit gyms inside of columbus i would assume yeah
1: i'd say especially like with you know local competitions and stuff i think i've yeah i've hit um yeah a lot of them
0: Yeah. yeah and you so you do a lot of you're there you kind of set up a station and you're there to assist with you know some of the first aid medical but also just to take care of athletes kind of in between events what would you say like Um, what do you think that that means to the community I think first of all I think like what do you how does that help you interact within the community and then we'll talk also I'll kind of follow up on
1: that okay Okay. yeah so that we started that I don't know when um, way back but CrossFit's been good to us you know we work with these gyms we love the coaches we get beers with some of the guys and coffee and talk and and, you know the gyms have kind of responded by if, if somebody gets injured or needs care they you know send them to us and we try to do a good job and get them healthy and keep them in the gym. And um, that was always our thing is when local gyms would host a competition that we always said CrossFit has been really good to us. We want to be good to CrossFit, be good to the community. So if there's a competition around, we show up, treat people for free. Kind of like that. If there is an injury, if we can triage it or um, treat it there, we will. Um, But again, just to be there to show our support and do what we can to get back.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of weekends, you know, it's, uh, it's giving up full Saturdays on your feet on concrete. And <laughs> I was, you know, see it like validus and, yeah. um, uh, uh, the Arnold's always a big one. It's oh, like, yeah. that's a long weekend, it's a long weekend, uh, long and stressful weekend. Cause I mean, it's a, you know, you're dealing with the, the whole crowd and, you know, like I said, standing on concrete, dealing with athletes left and right. Um, do you feel like that's one of those things that, uh, that kind of gives you guys, I, I always think of that as like, that makes you guys kind of the crossfitters, chiropractor. I think that you guys have sort of established yourself in that realm. Is that something you guys do pride yourselves on?
1: I think so. That was kind of the, the idea is, I mean, that's what we – I enjoy doing. I enjoy the people. I love the atmosphere. And so if we can kind of, I don't know, brand our practice as that, um, it makes going to work a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just that thought of giving up the weekends. When it started, it was, you know, Fit Club Summer Games, Friendship Masters. Yeah. And then when, you know, Endeavor started doing – um, Val is the strongest unicorn. Yeah, it was and, Like maybe three. And, four, and there was one, you know, uh, the Rich James used to do that one in the winter. Oh yeah, the uh, the winter challenge. Yeah, yeah. And so there was. It wasn't bad, you know. It was uh, Ulm and I would hit up a couple a year, and then as all the gyms started popping up and you know more competitions, more and more and more, it's now become almost every weekend. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's still. I love it. It's still fun. I love going there. I love seeing people that. You know, I know, I've known for years now, um, you know, if it's their first competition or if they've been to a bunch or doing well or PR, it's still, it's exciting for me too. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely like you can tell that you have a pretty intimate relationship just with some of our people through things like that um, outside of, you know, just generally maybe you've worked on them. And I always think that's kind of fun when I always kind of look at somebody and they like react to you or they see you and I'm just like, how do you know that? And they're like, oh, I treated them for a long time. It's
1: pretty cool. (laughs) I have. People that I've almost exclusively treated at competitions. There's some people from like Dayton that yeah never been to the office, but if I see them, they come over and say hi, and we yeah. talk, and um, how, you know, how how did you do in the Open this year, and that kind of stuff. But
0: that's awesome. Yeah. How do you feel like at competitions, and maybe I I kind of know where I think the question will go, but what do you feel like you're consistently you know triaging in the middle of a competition? Like, what do you feel like is the consistent thing that you're dealing with? And then how does that maybe differ to what you work on most commonly in practice with CrossFitters?
1: Um, Just because of the, um, I think the nature of CrossFit and the nature of my practice is mostly CrossFitters. We see a lot of the same stuff. It's low backs, number one, shoulders, number two. And um, that's, that's kind of exists at at competitions and same in the office. But I guess at the competition, it's more, um, you know, make the call of, do you keep going? Do we pull you? Um, You know, and versus in the office, it's, you know, we're not necessarily just slapping band-aids on. We're going to say, okay, yes, the back hurts, but here, let's figure out why and how we're going to start to, to implement steps to fix it. Versus at the competition, it's kind of band as best we can and yeah. get back out there. Long
0: game and short game. That's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that's true. There was a really cool study done not too long ago that really showed the prevalence of consistent CrossFit injuries. It was something like 44% lower back plus shoulder. And so you're talking well over three quarters of the injuries are going to be between those two pieces. Um, And so I really kind of tried to think about those two things and shift how we both program, but also Mm -hmm. how we communicate about those things. If we were to say, let's talk about lower back first. If we were to say, what is the one thing, one exercise that is maybe done too often and is maybe focused too much at too high of an intensity level or something along those lines that leads to lower back and then we'll ask the same question for shoulder.
1: Yeah, that's that's tough just because of, if you think about the nature of those joints, but um, it's hard to do a, any CrossFit workout without using your lower back. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of the idea of CrossFit is to involve every joint and every body part and um, and not just kind of you know isolate. There's no, you know. Am wrap of bicep curls or anything like that.
0: Um, be terrible if
1: there was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, I mean, the, just the this you know Holmes talked about it a lot, but just the squatting because there's in most CrossFit competitions or even you know Metcons, there's going to be some kind of back squat, front squat, thruster. Um, you know we're doing squat type movements constantly, um, so that would probably be what. I would say, you know, it's just, it's overdone. I mean, most, if you look at bodybuilders, power lifters, if they're squatting, it's once or twice a week. And, you know, if there's a CrossFitter that's going to the gym six, seven days a week, they're probably squatting six or seven days a week. Yep. Um, you know, not always to the same load or same intensity, but they're, they're repeating that. Um, bilateral hip hinge motion over and over and over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's like, you know, the seminar that Alm really started putting on probably like three years ago now yeah. uh, really stressed the importance of, you know, lunar, unilateral um, hip movements. And so trying to do a lot more, you know, lunging, stepping up, changing the ways in which we lunge, which is a much more versatile movement when you start thinking about. You know, you can go multiple different directions. You can Mm -hmm. elevate different feet different ways. Um, And you can get really creative and really still, for a lot of people, not only now are you fixing the imbalance, which is naturally going to make the bilateral pattern better, but you're also going to make sure that you're fixing that imbalance that maybe makes their pelvis shift at the bottom a little bit and can lead to a lot of these back injuries, right? So by doing more unilateral movement, you can reduce back injuries right. correct is that kind of yeah, generally definitely. state yeah. um and then what about for uh for shoulders
1: yeah i was trying to think when you said that um again i can't think of a sh- uh, crossfit workout where we don't do you don't use your shoulders um you know whether it's rig work or rowing or pressing or something there's always shoulder always involved yeah um, even like holding a back
0: squat like you're still involving yeah, that shoulder. In a bunch yep. of external
1: rotation the shoulders yep. um yeah, I don't know if there is a if I can think of a, an example of, you know, a single exercise that really we see bothering the shoulder. A lot of it is I guess in in the office, maybe not in competition but in the office, it's people trying to you know, kip with sloppy movement or jump into butterflies before they should or that kind of thing we do see a lot of. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of that like um that maybe desire for more without the desire for the process, right?
1: Run before you walk thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And that's something that we've talked a lot about. Uh, For those of you guys who don't know, Dr. Krafft has helped our team out a little bit with uh, some continuing education, right? And so we've talked a lot about this with our coaches and making sure that people have the appreciation for the progressions, the process of developing some of those underlying strength things first but I know this is one of those things where we will a lot of times refer people to you because in that clinical setting, it's there's less you know shiny things around, right? Definitely. So people might listen to you guys a little bit better.
1: Yeah, um, it's more yeah. fun to jump into some of the the stuff um, on the rig or start to try to do butterflies or something. But yeah, if I can bring you in the office and take you through a couple of orthopedic tests and we can light up a bunch of pain, I think it carries more weight than just saying, you know, maybe dial back on that or stick to what you're comfortable with. Yeah.
0: Where do you feel like, do you ever
1: sit back and kind of
0: think about like how CrossFit has changed since you started in 2010 and 11? Like the classes you go to, the product you see on the floor, the programming, the way the coaches talk to you? How do you feel like you've kind of seen uh, the shift uh, go a little bit, and then do you feel like uh, where do you feel like you maybe see it going in the future?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the the movements look a lot prettier now than they did then. If you yeah. you know you go to drop into a CrossFit gym in two thousand eleven and try to watch people snatch, it's it's pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. um, that and then the the strength of people. I mean the the numbers. If you even like look at the open and and regionals and. You know, regionals in 2010 were, like, normal-looking guys, yeah. and now they're, like, silverback gorillas out there. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, but so that just has changed so much. And I think I think quality of coaching has, has gotten better as yeah. the years have gone on, too, which I think CrossFit's trying to do a good job of that, of the different levels and um, continuing education for the coaches. Um, in the future, though, I, I, I love the model. I just think that, you know, having the gym or, like, friendship where it's supportive and... There are people in that class that hold you accountable, and that I think model it's had so much success that I think it just should just continue to work like that. Um, versus you know the standard gym where I think you talked about it in a podcast where if you didn't go for a month, nobody's gonna bat an eye, nobody's gonna notice. Yeah. Whereas if you don't go to friendship, you know if I miss that five thirty class a couple of days, I come back and they're like, where were you? you yeah, know? Um, which is is cool. It's a good it's a good thing to again just keep you accountable.
0: Yeah, I think the group setting of CrossFit is something that is that it's kind of like that, you know, what did we get right? What did we get wrong kind of thing? And I think it's this constant kind of evolution of, of that. And I think just like you said, it's like the group setting, the accountability, the fun factor, yeah. the... The, you know, degree that you get pushed by other people, you know, in a healthy way, usually. Definitely. If it's like you and me, and we're going to do, you know, our last minute all out on the aerodyne. Yeah. Like we're going to push against each other. You get that little bit of competition. It pushes you to a little higher level. Um, but like I, like I think you were saying before with some of the stuff that maybe we did wrong early on was we were doing some of these high skill, high caliber movements. Things like butterflies started to kind of show <laughs> up. When in reality, like, people really hadn't taken the time to develop a really consistent, like, hey, this is the appropriate progression for this stuff. And that stuff wasn't maybe set up well in on-ramp. It wasn't explained well to people as they progressed through those things. And so a lot of people were doing stuff that they just weren't ready for. Right, And so I think it's kind of that like, and then it's same thing, group mentality, as it works for you with accountability, <laughs> it probably hurts you in the like, well, you know, Sally can do it. Like I want to be able to do it. And so sometimes you get those people, it's like, yeah, you know, you maybe you're not ready I for agree.
1: it. Like all the elements of CrossFit kind of attract a certain person where they're In there because they're that competitive person, and then that that's where they get in trouble.
0: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Well, and so you had said, um, you know, that the you know the accountability and stuff is something that that really worked well for you. And we've talked about this a little bit. As you know, obviously, you've had a lot of life turmoil over the last few years, Um, and I'll let you talk about that if you want to. And then, kind of talk to talk to me a little bit about how the community generally and the accountability of you know coaching staff community. And some of those different things have kind of helped you come out of that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So um, I think most people at Friendship probably know the story, but um, my six-year-old son passed away last year. Um, And that's, you know, another testament to the CrossFit community is, um, you know, we were in a pretty bad spot and the um, community kind of just picked us up and rallied around us. Um, We've talked about, you know, in your podcast about the mental health aspect of um, people and what exercise can do for that, and I'm a pretty good example, I mean, after Jude died, I didn't really work out, I do much for a while, a um, couple, several months, I just kind of sat around, um, had some equipment in my house where I'd kind of work out, but I knew what I needed to do, but I just could not uh, motivate myself to do it, um, even knowing, like, I need to get up, I need to move around, but had no desire to do it, um, and that... That lasted for a while. I think I finally talked. So that was, you know, Jude died in last May. And I think that I finally talked to you in like December about yeah. like starting to, I need to come in more consistently and that kind of thing. And that still didn't work. I'd come in for a day or two and then I'd drop off for a week and then come yeah. back for a day or two and drop off for a week. Um, honestly, it was, you know, more talking to you, being in the environment and um, talking to Ellie and having her kind of work on dialing my nutrition as well um, really helped me kind of get control of my life. Um, yep. I just said, I told, I've been in counseling for a year or two and I've told the line that I was is like, I just, I feel like I can't get my feet on the ground. I just, everything is so out of control and I'm typically such a very controlled, scheduled kind of person. Um, but you know, taking some of those, since just getting that first step, right. Yep. Um, and you know, sitting, I sat down with Ellie and talked to her for a while and that's what I said I needed to just have somebody hold me accountable for something so that I can get those first couple of steps and doing that and measuring food and, and paying attention to that kind of got that ball rolling for me again, where yeah. I was able to, I don't know, um, it, it, it it's a weird thing, mental health, cause it, it started to kind of just turn my outlook around on everything too. Yeah. Um, when you complete some tasks, it's like yeah, true. you
0: knock some things out. Right. And I think yeah. that that's like, you kind of prove to yourself that like okay cool like i've got some momentum going and in this one area
1: yeah yeah and yeah this and it allowed me to kind of like i said kind of regain control of things and that led to more consistent working out which led to better sleep which was it was um huge for me and uh that that turnaround i don't know i felt optimism for the first time in a long time which was really cool yeah Um, you know we talked about that i hit on it first but the the community, Um, you know, after Jude died having, you know, well, Jenny was at my house (laughs) shortly after, and, like, Aaron Gennetti and Drew Dillon are there every day, and um, I'm just, the one funny story about that is uh, my mom was telling me that, like, she's like, your friend Aaron is the nicest boy, you know, he was just texting me, and uh, I told her, I was like, mom, I don't even have Aaron's number, like, I I worked at his gym for competitions and the Arnold, but never really hung out with them socially or anything so yeah. like it's just it's the kind of people in the community that step up and are amazing yeah
0: yeah it's um you know it was one of the it's you know a day I'll never forget um we were down in uh in Nashville
1: yeah and Nationals.
0: um yep and then uh and my family was was at Worthington Hills that night yeah. and so um so I was actually you know my mom called me and it was just one of those like you know surreal things And I think immediately everybody's reaction is, you know, what can we do to help? And that's always been one of those things that I think the CrossFit community is amazing for. But I feel like on the back end of that, it's like, you know, you needed that initial support, but then it's that that follow-up, like you said, it's the, you know, how, how can we get you back on your feet? How can we get you back motivated and those kinds of things? And so, uh, you know, to be able to help with that is like incredible. And, you know, now
1: I know you told me right before you're working on a new nursery. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, my wife is pregnant, baby girl, due October 1st. Um, so yeah, we're, getting ready for that which is is really exciting too we're, we're pretty pumped about that that's awesome yeah.
0: so another girl and yeah. how old is your oldest daughter now she's nine nine yeah. awesome and she recently started doing some of the kids stuff she with did. coach maria yeah. and so tell me a little bit about how that that's going
1: yeah so i love Liv, my little we call her like a baby giraffe she's got yeah. long legs long arms hard hard to control was me as a kid too man she it's tough falls down 10 times a day yep. um she really is just not a competitive kid you know jude was any sport you put the kid in he loved and Liv just doesn't really like sports and so which is hard for me like put her in soccer she doesn't like it she doesn't like to be aggressive other girls are getting too aggressive she just gives them the ball which is fine (laughs) so trying to find something she really likes is tough and um and she's also like not the most confident kid so we've been trying to work with that too but crossfit kids was so cool to watch her um go in there and just knowing her history with sports um, and, you know, she kind of mopes around, and you can see the negative body language, and, you know, Maria has her doing burpees, and she says, I hate burpees, and I tell like, Liv, everyone hates burpees. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Maria's just positivity and personality, and, you know, the, you're doing such a great job, I'm so proud of you, and you just see yeah. these kids just beam. Yeah. And it actually has done a lot for her confidence. Yeah. And in just a really short amount of time. Yeah. And. So now, you know, the. I remember the first time because I was really worried she was going to hate it. And the first time, you know, we're on our way home, I was like, you want to go back, you know, tomorrow? She's like, is Maria going to be there again? I said, she is. She's like, okay, I'll go back. And yeah. so it, it was, it's just really cool to see the, and the whole class of like the smiling kids and the, the confidence they exude. And um, and then just Maria and, and Liz, she's awesome too, working with yeah. the kids.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where for a long time, I wasn't sure how ready i was to start you know opening up the doors to having more kids in there you know it was kind of like a you know look we 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 need to focus on adults and adult fitness and we need to do that well uh and now we've got this like robust kids and teens program there's kids and teens bursting at the seams and now we're putting in like our fourth age group and program and we're going all the way down to 4 years old now And I think the reason why is a lot of what you said. It's like you start to see the power for young women get one edge of it, right? They start to build confidence, have confidence inside the gym. Like this is things I don't think people think about. It's like we meet adults who are 30, 40 years old who just have are totally uncomfortable. They are scared to death of being inside of a fitness facility. They have no confidence. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, these kids are never going to have that problem ever. They're always going to have confidence walking into a gym and know this is what I'm great at. I know how to move the barbell. I know how to do pull-ups and rope climbs and all this stuff. And like, that's so cool. And every now and again, you'll get like, we'll get an adult. We had a guy walk in one time. He's like 60 years old. He just climbed the rope like perfectly. And I was like, Oh, how'd you do that? And he's like, Oh yeah. You know, growing up, it was like, I did some gymnastics and like we climbed ropes all the time. And it's just like, you you just remember it. Yeah. And so I think that's one of those things now where I've really tried to focus on like, what is it doing for, you know, the girls and then the young men, I think it's a little bit of that. Like there's constantly like these little ego battles and like the young, young gentlemen in the, in the class. And I think that having two strong, powerful women with, you know, Amanda and, and Maria for the teens and then Liz and Maria for the kids, it really does a lot to bring along some of these young men to have a little bit more respect for women's authority and their strength and their power and, um, you know, and really allow themselves to open up. I remember I had this conversation with a couple of guys have you ever had a female authority figure in your life, whether it be a coach, a boss, you know, now there's some female drill sergeants in the infantry and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, man, I don't know how I would have ever reacted to that. I never had a female commander in the army. Uh, I've never had a female boss and I've never had a female coach. Uh, the closest I can get is like a college professor. Right. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about you? Have you ever had one?
1: That's what I was trying to think of, um, just, I think teachers probably that's, that's yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, I think that's one of those things that the, those kids and teens can really kind of grasp a lot of those, those different things from just this one experience. yeah. So my hope is that it's going to be something that's like really powerful and really cool. I'm, I'm super stoked that yeah. she's involved with it and
1: liking it. And
0: so that's really cool. It
1: is. Especially like that, like ego check for a teenage boy to come in there and, um, have all these girls that can squat more than you can (laughs) yeah yeah
0: it's funny to watch them because they they watch so much of what we do and you just don't think about it and like the other day i look over in the varsity teens class is going on that's like your you know oldest group the studs and uh they've all got their shirts off guys and girls and it's just (laughs) like and i'm just like man i don't feel like i don't feel like that many people in our gym take their shirt off but i guess it's like you know i mean it is hot don't get me wrong but um it's interesting to see kind of what they take away. And it does give you such respect for like, you know, the idea that athletes are role models or they're always, kids are kind of always watching. And it's like, you know, who do we, who are their role models and what are their role models doing? Um, And, you know, if you look at, you know, Chris and Ryan and myself and Maria and, you know, Jane, a lot of people will take their shirts off in the middle of workouts. And you're like, man, now it always gives me like a double second. Like, I don't know if I want to be teaching that. Like, I'm going to think twice about it before I maybe take my shirt off inside of a workout. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Uh, do you feel like, um, you know, now that she kind of starts into it, are you – do you think that this will kind of be her sport, like her extracurricular thing, or will time tell, or do you just kind of, where do you feel like you want it to go?
1: Yeah, I'd say time tells. She'll, she's just going to do her thing. We're not going to kind of push her into anything, but right now she's loving it, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to encourage her to keep doing it. Um, she wanted to do some more, like theater and acting and that kind of thing which is awesome yeah. but our thing was like you need to move your body yeah and, so, exactly. that's good and that's another thing with the the kids classes that's cool is like we're getting you're getting the kids when they're little and you can start to instill habits of yeah. you know you're exercising a few times a week let's talk about eating well and what that means yeah. and what that looks like and you know generally the they're the kids of people that are in the crossfit gym they're probably relatively healthy anyway but it's just it's establishing that mentality now instead yeah. of You know, having them eat fast food and sit on the couch for 25 years and then catch them when they're in their 30s and it's got to undo some stuff.
0: There's Charlotte. Always comes in right in the middle of our podcasts. Uh, How do you feel? Do you feel like you do a pretty good job of staying relatively hands off, like working on her biomechanical movement?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Your own kids don't listen to you so well. So that's tough. Um, You know, I watch her squat and I cringe and. But, and that's another thing that was actually really cool, though, because her whole life I've tried little things and um, fix her squat, and she just, I'm um, dad, she has no interest in hearing anything from me. Yeah. But as soon as she goes to CrossFit and Maria starts kind of helping her, yeah. then she comes home and she says she wants to work on a squat. And yeah. so we have this little box in the basement, and she was trying to do box jumps and land with good mechanics. And yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. where, where is has this been? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> so really cool. She's got some motivation for it. Yeah. So a little like take home homework. Yeah. And that's, um, that's, you know, again, the thing with CrossFit is it, even if you're a relatively good athlete, you'll find something in there that's going to humble you. And so it gives you that kind of that fire to, you want to get better, you want to improve on some stuff. And so even in, you know, live who's, little and I didn't know even cared she yeah. wants to come back so she can get better at some of these movements which yeah, that's is cool. really cool
0: yeah it's kind of that there's it's a never-ending journey right yeah. it's it's like a um, it's a it's that infinite game that you're constantly having to search for so that's really cool um, I'm gonna go back to you a little bit with the uh, with being a chiropractor I'm interested to know what your journey through school was like and kind of how you may be steered towards the path of chiropractic medicine
1: yeah so that's a not a Eventful story. I kind of fell into it. I'd say. Okay. Um, I was a biology major, so okay. I didn't know. I knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare field. Um, I, and where was this at? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So I went. I grew up in this little town called New Washington. It's near like Mansfield and Cyrus. It's okay. There's no stoplights. It's the more cows than people. It's middle yeah. Of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I knew something. I figured something healthcare. My mom is a college professor at Heidelberg, and okay. so. Her big thing was, like, you know, write some things down. We'll do some shadowing. We'll figure this out. And um, I knew that's that's as far as I got it narrowed down. I uh, When I was 18, I got an EMT card just to, like, I in my head, um, boost a application for medical school. That's one more thing I could put on there. Um, I finally decided I said I'm just going to go to dental school. So I was going to be a dentist. Okay. I. Made that all the way through the DAT, the entrance exams to dental school, um, shadowing some dentists, realized that I did not want to do that. Yep. That's a, a little grosser than I... <laughs> I never had a cavity, so yeah. my experience with the dentist was pretty pleasant. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> at that point then started thinking, like, well, what else, what can I do? And um, I... I had never i think i'd ever been to a chiropractor maybe once in my life and i thought about that i was like maybe i could do that i shadowed a couple i thought this is something i could see myself doing i applied to a school in florida a school in new york visited the school in new york and i was like i'll just go here yeah and this is fine and so uh, just kind of fell into it the school was great though i ended up in an internship with um working with ncaa track and field so we nice. worked a bunch of those events in the northeast which was awesome um and then that was, we traveled around a little bit and wife got kind of tired of that. And so we were trying to figure out where we wanted to go. We're both from, she's from Columbus. So we um, picked up and moved back here.
0: Nice. And so did you guys move back here without
1: the Columbus chiropractic job and then you
0: found it or was it the other way around?
1: No. So yeah, I had nothing. I actually rented some space off of uh, another chiropractor on, on sawmill for a couple months. Okay. Um, I knew I had known Rich and I don't know if he'll like this story, but um, knowing him now, it's funny, but at the time I was we were talking emailing back and forth. I said something about coming back and shadowing him and then I never heard back. And so I was like, well, I guess I will just go somewhere else. And so um, and then talking. and then so I rented some space for a couple months and then still kept in contact with Rich and we'd talked some and then he said, you know I'm at the point where I'm, I can bring you in if, you, if you'd want to, and it was a way better way better facility than where I was. Um, and so I jumped over there and started working with rich, uh, the, now that I know him, I actually told him that story that I had emailed him and he never emailed me back. So I just thought he was a jerk. And now I realize that he does that to a lot of people. So <laughs> that's just a thing where he just kind of loses communication. He gets busy, but yeah. Well, he's a
0: million mile a minute kind of guy. Very. Um, so let's just dive off onto a huge path talking about Doctor Ollm. Fine. Um, so <laughs> it's uh... my favorite topic. <laughs> Perfect. So he, you know, he has, uh, obviously he's he's a guy who like, um, you know, big thoughts, big ideas. You know, likes to um, likes to dip his foot into a bunch of different things and projects and you know, seminars and, and this, that, and the other. Um, and I'm sort of similar, I think, in a lot of different ways with that. And I know sometimes that can be frustrating to my employees. And <laughs> um, so I'm sure that you experienced that with Dr. Alm um, also. Um, but, you know, he's probably prompted you guys a little bit into some of the DNS stuff and yep. maybe some of those other things. So tell me a little bit about maybe some of the other things that you guys do, yep. some of those other uh, types of uh, therapy mm-hmm. and, uh, and then kind of what each of those does and then um, kind of like how you guys maybe implement that in your practice.
1: I like it. How much time we have here. We got no. all time in the world. All right, We're good. so um, the one thing, I'll just start with uh, ART. It's called Active Release Technique. It was patented by a guy that, he's the chiropractor for the Denver Broncos. Um, he flies his private jet to the courses now, so yeah. it worked out well for him. Yeah. But it's basically, it's uh, there's a essentially a protocol uh, pinning and stretching almost every single muscle in the body and so there's a pretty unique system to do that, that he patented. And so we are, and we've talked about it, we found out we are the most credentialed clinic in Ohio oh. um, for ART. It's actually how I found you guys, how I found Dr. Ohm. That's yeah. awesome.
0: So I watched like a video talking about ART. I searched ART Dublin and he was the only um, certified uh, clinic in the entire
1: uh, area. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and they've done a very good job of marketing themselves too with a partnership with Iron Man. And so we've worked a bunch of those races but that's that's again that's one way that we can address a muscle um we use something called mckenzie which is basically protocols to treat discs and there it's this physical therapy thing but out of australia i think and so they they again they have a ton of research um that's always been our approach is learn everything you can learn keep what works throw out what doesn't yep. keep, keep going um and then so that's a good, a great way to treat, uh, the best way to treat disc issues. Um, and then the other big thing is, uh, it's called DNS. Or, um, it's out of the Czech Republic, so Prague. There's a guy, his name's Pavel Kolaj, that started doing research in like the late 90s, and late 90s, early 00s, and they churn out really good research. And so Dr. Alm started going to their courses when they'd come to the United States, um, so much so that he is now uh, one of their instructors so he travels around the world teaching for them but that their whole principle is um, to grossly oversimplify to talk about core stability and stabilizing the trunk um, and beginning with that and working out kind of
0: yeah yeah and that's a uh, they're both relatively newer therapies right
1: yeah yeah that um, so yeah collage is he based his he started, some other guys started in the 80s okay. with some research, and he just kind of built on that's top right of it. it. Um, and it was a smaller clinic that's now, I mean, he has uh, a huge hospital that he runs there, and um, he's um, arguably one of the best physicians in the world. That's crazy. And you've
0: been through a couple of these seminars now.
1: Yes. Yeah, a lot. Say, uh, yeah, yeah we've got, we do several a year. Um, I've heard Dr. Alm talk a bit so it was actually beneficial when I started with Dr. Ulm we would sit there some in evenings after patients were gone and if I had a tough case I would explain it to him we kind of run through an idea shop and we still kind of do some of that too in the office with the the other docs um, kind of group think um, through problems which is super helpful especially for a new doctor coming out yeah to have that kind of um environment where you can bounce ideas off of people.
0: Well, and that's the thing. It's it, you know, it's just kind of like anything. It's, you know, school or even seminar, you know, it's it's theory. Like you're going to yeah. see this, but then inevitably When you start seeing people, then you get all these variables, and these variables can create like exciting new puzzles to kind of try to figure out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you kind of think about. It's the same thing. You know, we do a lot of role playing discussion stuff with our coaches about, like, yeah, what about this person? What about this person? I had this, I had that. And you've now done, you know, some of that, some of the DNS and ART, some of the discussions with some of our coaches, and they always come to you with like their hardest case. It's like, I've got this guy
1: (laughs) and I just can't do this. Yeah. Funny enough that people don't necessarily respond the way they're supposed to. And yeah Like no, the textbook said you're yeah, exactly. supposed to do this. yep so.
0: exactly. Yeah, and so that's um so you guys have started kind of you know, I've seen the shift in you guys and I think it's a it's a cool shift to see where like at first you guys were obviously starting a, a new business mm-hmm. and you know you're trying to expand clients and do these things and now you guys are like super busy and you have plenty of people coming through, you're hiring other doctors and now it's kind of like now you guys are also going on and educating and expanding this, and I know Drew Dillon and I think AJ have gone through the DNS course.
1: Yeah, and there's yep.
0: been maybe a few others. Yeah, um,
1: so we did. We um, yeah brought those guys in, and and you know Drew and Project Lift have done an amazing job, kind of implementing that into their Olympic weightlifting training. Yeah. Um, and then we've kind of taken a lot of what they what they teach and they just again we just kind of follow where the research tells us to go yep. um but we've taken some of that and we've done little courses at different gyms around Columbus yep. and you know we'll joke that it's a bad business model to try to keep people out of our office but yeah. but again to to go in there and kind of teach biomechanics and how to move and what everything should look like and um it to to the public um again back go, going back to doing a service for the community and just trying to prevent injuries and keep people healthy.
0: Well, and to go back to the, the, <laughs> I do enjoy that joke. Cause we do a lot of the same things. It's like, ah, you're giving away all of our secrets. Yeah. It's like, ah, you know, it's it. at the end of the day, they're going to come to pay to see the expert who can, you know, identify and, you know, figure out the best course of action for yeah. things. So I think that that's super interesting. I love the fact that you guys are, you know paying that forward to the community and i think it's awesome that like there are coaches in the community that you know sorry that are not um, necessarily going to financially benefit like from that course the way that maybe a chiropractor would or could and people aren't necessarily going to go out of their way to you know go to drew for his dns expertise right, right? <laughs> um but they're just interested and i think we are so unbelievably lucky with the caliber of coaches and people inside of the Columbus community um, that I think you know you guys deal with and that that we get to deal with and you go to these seminars that you and Dr. Alm run you look around it's like man people are asking like pretty high level questions like this is a pretty high level group and uh, and I think it's one of the reasons that CrossFit, CrossFit still really exists in Columbus generally I think there are You know, you talk to Jay down in Phoenix, and he's like, dude, CrossFit's pretty much gone here. Like, all the gyms have closed. Um, You know, there's a pretty bad name, and, like, the few gyms that do exist, um, you know, they're, like, just, like, the biggest ones. And I think a lot of them are talking about rebranding out of it. And, And so they've kind of taken a different path. And so I think that's one of those things. But I think you guys are a huge part of that because I think you guys have gone out of your way to... You know offer coaching seminars i think we're running one at friendship again later this year yeah. and um and bring all the coaches and the owners and the different gyms together just to raise the bar
1: yeah and it's impressive for like you said crossfit coaches that aren't going to financially benefit from it at all to sit there for four hours and listen to all go on and on <laughs> yeah. in Every you know minute detail about it. Don't his ask squat questions. Or, yeah. Don't ask that question. Damn it! <laughs> he's talking like the moment arm of a joint when yeah. something happens, and it's like he's getting down to physics of, yeah. of biomechanics, and it's just it's you know it's impressive that people are ha- are not sleeping yet.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It was interesting to take our coaches to, and we had some coaches that were like kind of just starting with mm-hmm. us, and as uh, maybe two years ago now. Yeah, and we sat down at the seminar and like. It's like Omar and Liz and Ellie. I think we're all there, and then Jenny and I, and um, and for Jenny and I, we had already seen this a similar um, presentation a few yeah. times, I think, and uh, but it was new for these guys. And, uh, and they'll never forget. Yes, yeah, I think it was like that exact thing. And he, somebody asked the question and we're all just kind like, of like, you make eye contact with Jenny and it's just like, you just took Pandora's box yeah. and like opened it wide and he like looked at the clock and goes, how much time do I have? Yeah.
1: And you're just like, oh man. I mean, you get going on the right question with Ulm and it's going to be another half hour. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it's like, you know, I would always,
0: if I'm going to a seminar from an educational standpoint, I would always rather it be on that like, that was an abundance of information. Like how do I take that back a few levels and really take something away?
1: Yeah. And he's, he's good, you know, again, the detail, but that's what he said. He's, you know, I want to do it justice. We're not going to, um, you know, dumb it down. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Do you guys feel like, uh, like kind of your future, you know, as a chiropractor, as Columbus chiropractic continues to expand and continues to see more clients and help more people and get into more sports, you know, lacrosse, you know, you and Alm have a huge track and field background, a lot of expertise in the area. Um, You know, what do you feel like your future looks like? What do you, what excites you to, to get going in the future for chiropractic medicine? Is it continuing to, you know, work with patients? Is it one of those things where you really want to get into running more seminars yourself or where do you think that goes in the
1: future? Yeah. Rich and I have talked about this. We, it's hard to picture a future that doesn't involve treating patients. Like yeah. That's what we love to do. And even, you know, um, who's traveling all over the place and he's gone a lot, still wants to get those office hours in. And so it's, it's that, I mean, that's why I like going to work every day yeah. it is the interaction with people. Yep. Um, I think that as we kind of keep going, I mean, I, I think our business plan is going to stay the same. We're going to kind of keep treating the way we're treating. We may do more, seminars and education and, um, who knows where the practice goes. If it gets bigger, uh, that will be easier too. But, um, uh, you know, our, my philosophy with treating patients is just give them the best care that you possibly can fix them as quick as possible and get them back out there living their life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's so cool. I mean the, in, in Phoenix, you know, they've now created, uh, this, I think it's called Goodyear Park or something. It's, it's basically this, for the most part, a full, health facility everything minus the hospital right the the emergency room and you know surgery centers and stuff but there's you know it would be all of columbus crc coming together it would be like the nationwide um you know or like ohio health um physical therapy clinics coming together and you know nutritionists and dieticians and you know for me it would be do's right or or you know your primary care physicians right. and they're all coming together in a facility and it backs up with a fitness facility. Um, and I think it's such a cool idea. And it's one of those things that like, I really hope to in the future be able to have more conversations about, because I think like with Columbus with how high level, some of the owners and coaches and you know, possibilities are. I think it's one of those things where it's like, man, if that really works in Phoenix and we have like a model that you can can go off of, I think it'd be one of those things that would be really cool to like explore inside of our community. Um, but I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how much you have to help people do a one eighty. Yep. Is I feel like people don't necessarily put, you know, primary care physician and regular chiropractic care and physical fitness and nutrition, like they don't see that angle as all being kind of one, right? Just taking care of yourself. Um, But I think as you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, in reality, you know, there are steps that need to be taken to taking care of yourself. Yeah. Do you feel like, I know you guys are much more in that, like let's fix the issue and let's get back in. Do you guys believe in doing some regular chiropractic care? Like what would be your recommendation if just, Let's say I'm a, you know, and I'm clearly not because I've come and seen you professionally <laughs> a few times. But let's say I was a fully functioning and you know, I'm pretty good to go. Like I have d- pretty good biomechanics. I don't have a lot of pain in my body. I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm eating healthy. I'm exercising. Do you feel like there's a need to come and see a chiropractor? So, or what would be the benefits of that?
1: Yeah, a, that's a tough question because, you know, Typically, you know, any thirty-year-old, I guarantee, I can find you know some trigger points or something that we could work with. But again, it's it's risk reward. You know, if you're yeah. a thirty-year-old, relatively healthy, no pain, um, super high deductible insurance, yeah. you know, healthcare is That's like thirteen thousand, yeah. very high deductible. <laughs> that's high. Uh, you know, if if you have the extra money and you, that's what your your goal is. You know, health and um, fitness oriented. Um, yes, we could always work with that and I'm sure we can find stuff to fix. And, you know, again, in the office running through squat mechanics and we can always play, but you know, for the average person, if you know, healthcare is expensive and there's other expenses, I would tell people, you know, kind of play it by ear, wait and see, you know, as long as you're happy and healthy, um, my approach is call me if you need me. Um, so you know, again, we can always find something, but if it's, if you're able to accomplish everything you want to accomplish with no pain in your body, um, I say keep going.
0: Yeah. If we had, uh, cause we have a lot of medical staff and I feel like there's kind of these boats of, you know, we get heritage medical schools. So we get a lot of, you know, aspiring DOs, yeah. and, uh, you know, they hit that critical point where they're like, I'm not sure what I want to do or what I want to study. Um, you know, and then conversely, we have a lot of nurses, and they're like, Yeah, I'm going back to school. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they kind of seem like maybe they want to, you know, further their education, have some upward mobility, do some different things. Um, you know, and then I feel like there are people that are in your situation that are going through school, they're majoring in a science, yes. and they're like, <laughs> I don't know where i want to go with this like i was thinking maybe medical school maybe i was thinking about being a dentist maybe um what would be like your what would be something that you would tell a student or maybe even just an aspiring student or somebody that's maybe looking to go into the medical field about you know chiropractic medicine and what you've enjoyed and kind of uh, what you would say to them
1: yeah my best advice and i uh, i see high school students from high schools all over columbus and I always, I, it's just curiosity, I always ask them, you know what you want to do, you know? And um, my line to people is always, you know, write several, write five jobs down that you think you might want to do. And then there's more than likely there's someone out there already doing it. Yep. And most people are super nice and would let you shadow. Yeah. And so we've had, I don't know, I can't even count how many people come into the office and shadow us or follow us around That's or ask really us cool. questions. Yeah. And I always say like, you know, if you want to do something like this, come see what a day's like because you might get in there and realize oh it's you're just seeing patients over and over and over and um, there's no downtime this isn't as much fun as i thought or you know you know however else but that would be my start and if you you know have five jobs and you've hung out with them and or talked to them and then you're like i don't like that one cross it out and try to think of another one to kind of add to the bottom of the list and hopefully doing that kind of narrows down what you're thinking and that's like i said kind of what i did and i knew go to school, major in biology. And then there's some kind of school after school. Right. So there's some kind of graduate school that'll, I just got to figure out where it's going to be. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I was kind of in that, uh, that same boat. That was, I feel like I got really lost as like a young student. And even when I went back to school, it's like, you know, it was like, okay, like, you know, history teacher, but then same thing, it's kind of like, okay, there's got to be some school after school. There's got to be like, you know, there's law school and then there's maybe going to be, you know, at Ohio state, you have to get your master's degree to teach and do these different things. Um, and you know, I didn't have any real like guidance. So I think that's really cool that you, that you do do that for students. And I also think it's really cool that it's not like, you know, here's why you should do this, like this, this, and this, and this, it's like more kind of open-ended like that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm big on like Trying to help people figure out how to think instead of telling them what to think. Yeah, I guess. I um, know one of my favorite ones is a, a girl that I think she's like a freshman, and I think her parents asked me if she could come in and shadow me, and she did, and like wrote a little thing about it, and it was it was super cute. But she, uh, um, I, we again, and we have everybody from we have had OSU PT students come in and shadow. We've yep. had. Um, I think Olm's had some of the DO students that have shadowed because I yeah. know he's gone and um, spoken at their school, and then that and Cairo students from all over the country that still come in because even then they're in their graduate school but still don't know how exactly they want to practice. Yeah, um, which I think is awesome too.
0: Yeah, what are the different like possibilities for chiropractors to actually like practice? I know obviously there's like a private practice that you can do, or there other options like that involve like hospital care or there.
1: Yeah, we well, have good uh, some friends that are in. Um, involved with hospitals you know obviously there's we're not doing a whole lot of like inpatient stuff everything's pretty conservative so there's some guys that we know that do outpatient there's not a ton of those jobs though for for CrossFit or CrossFit, for chiropractors yeah. um, most of it like 90 change percent of chiropractors are private practice hmm. um, I do know of people that have you know whether they're in an area that's more of a geriatric population and that's their go-to Um, or, you know, like us, I think the majority of it is, um, athletes, but we still see, you know, we have quite a few, you know, pain management clinics and neuro and orthos that send us people that are, you know, your normal people, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, kind of as you start to continue on in your, you know, health and fitness path and all that, and obviously like. You know you're like a young, fit, in shape guy. When you become old and decrepit and <laughs> not as not as young and spry and in shape, um, do you feel like uh, you know you do have a desire to maybe go back? Like you can, you can teach chiropractic medicine because I feel like you're kind of like a you're a self proclaimed nerd, right? Right. You love talking about this stuff. for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, do you ever have any like aspirations to maybe teach this to younger kids? <sighs>
1: Maybe I don't know. I like, I like what I do. Yeah. And um, I, I, I guess if something were to happen where I couldn't practice, that's probably where, where I would go is, is looking into teaching. Um, you know, I, I have my family and that's like work is awesome. And but my whole life is family. That's, yeah. that's what I my favorite thing to do if I'm not, you know, tied up or at work is yeah. um, spend time with them. Yeah, it's really
0: cool. Uh, well, good luck. How far do we go? Nice, fifty-two minutes. Awesome. My my perfect is like an hour. I want to nice. see if I can always like get it to an hour. And sometimes I'm shorter, and sometimes I'm longer. So we're pretty good. Um, and appreciate you coming on. Good luck with the baby. Um, and I'm sure obviously I'll see you guys between now and then. So that's not coming too too soon. We've right. got a few babies that are coming like this week. Yeah. So, um, some pretty exciting ones and. Uh, most people at friendship can find you in the morning, right? Have you kind of consistently gotten into the five thirty a.m. I'm doing.
1: I hit a five thirty and six thirty this week. Okay. Yeah, I I love that five thirty. Yeah,
0: yeah. A lot of energy in the five thirty. Uh,
1: you just feel amazing when you get accomplished something by six thirty. Oh morning. yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, it's seriously, you get done. Sometimes and you're like, holy shit, I've got like an hour and a half before I have to do anything.
1: It's time, like yeah, it's, yeah, so much time for yep. activities. And the the environment there is amazing. Like yeah. that was another thing that working out in there and um you know just talking to like having you know k money and cash and john lesh of like the you know good job keep going you know it's so supportive yeah. in that group and um that's another huge thing for that class yeah that's really cool um
0: and if they're not going to be coming in the morning they can come and see you at columbus chiropractic yes and uh trying to think of other other ways you need to start your own podcast that's what you need to do right,
1: we'll um
0: talk. but uh but yeah otherwise you guys can kind of find uh, find ben around the community um and thanks for coming on man i really All appreciate right. thanks it thanks for having me
1: sweet